Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy TV. I'm Sarah Pearsons, and we wanna share with you, continue in a series that Jeremy started at Andrew Womack's Bible College, uh, Karis. And it is just so awesome to hear this revelation. This is probably one of my favorite things that Jeremy has taught, what it means to live in this conversation between grace and faith. I mean, it really made the New Testament come alive to me. And you know, this is that the theme of the, of the New Testament, how God, through Jesus, gave us everything by grace. That's what His grace is, everything you could ever need that came through Jesus. And by faith, we reach out and we take a hold of it. So we just want you to get everything you can out of this. Open your ears to hear. Uh, we believe that your eyes will be open to see things you've never seen before. Stick around, I'll be back right after the message to pray with you at the end. Go with me to the book of Mark, chapter two. Remember, Jesus said there's, there's a way of speaking, there's a way of praying that gets no reward and isn't even heard by the Father. He went on from that to say, therefore, or in other words, in light of this, when you pray, you need to pray knowing that your Father knows what you have need of before you ask. Man, that'll change your praying right there, won't it? Instead of going to God with this big list of needs, why don't you go with an empty piece of paper and say, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. What do I need? You know what I need even before I do. You tell me what I need. Then I'll thank you for giving it to me. Then I'll have it. It changed the way you pray. It'll change the way you believe. So grace is God speaking to us, faith is the only response to what grace has already said. And if grace has said, you are redeemed, faith responds and says, I believe that. If grace speaks and says, you're healed, faith responds and says, I believe that. I receive that. And nothing to do with what I feel about it. Grace has spoken to you and says, you are clean from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You are my righteousness. Faith responds and says, well, I don't feel righteous. Look at all these sins I... No, faith responds and says, thank you. I receive my cleansing. I remember I told you about writing in that book of uh, Brother Andrews. I remember one of the things I wrote in there. It says, grace says, take my robe of righteousness. And faith responds and says, thank you. It fits perfect. <laughs> now it takes some faith to say that. It takes some faith to say that God's robe of righteousness, the one that fits him, the one that Jesus himself wears, it takes some faith to take that and put it on and say, this belongs on me. Because tradition and some religion that's not founded in the word of God will fight that and your own soul will try to fight that. And those old feelings of unworthiness, unworthiness, unworthiness will try to rise up and fight it in the name of humility. But that's not humility. Humility is just simply saying whatever God has said about you. And if you say it's true, I say it's true. And you call me the righteousness of God, I call me the righteousness of God. This is how you get caught up in this conversation. And we have come to know through Brother Andrew's teaching and many like it, that grace isn't just a message. I finally got so just almost exasperated to the point of hearing people come to me over the last several years and say, hey, uh, 
what do you think of the grace message? They ask it all like hidden like that. And finally, I just started saying, oh, you mean Jesus? Yeah, I like him. (laughs) I love it. Because that's what the message of grace is. It's more than a message. It's more than an outline. It's more than a series of scriptures that say the word grace in it. It's Jesus. And you learn to identify grace by going through the word. And anytime you find any gift that comes from God to you through Jesus, that's grace. That's how you identify it. So anything that's come to us as a gift from God, if it came through Jesus, that's grace. How did your salvation and mine come? Quick show of hands. Who in here earned your salvation? Ushers, help me. I see that in, no, I don't see that in. Nobody has raised their hand. Why? Because none of us did. Because none of us could. You couldn't earn it. Romans 4 tells us if it was by works, then it would be debt, not grace. In other words, God would have come to you and knocked on your door and said, wow, you are awesome. You're amazing. I owe you some salvation. But God has never said that to anyone. Because he didn't owe us anything, but he gave us everything. That was, that was worth it right there. He didn't owe you anything, but he gave you everything. How did our salvation come? As a gift, right? In other words, you didn't earn it. You didn't buy it. As a gift, and it was from God. But how did it get to you? It had to come through Jesus, making it grace. So you had to respond in faith to receive that gift. How do you think your healing comes? As a gift from God to you through Jesus. And you lay hold of it by faith, right? How does our prosperity come? As a gift from God to you through Jesus. We lay hold of it. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory in our lives is grace. It's not you earning it. It's not you working for it. It's you laying hold and appropriating everything that the word of God has already said about you being more than a conqueror through him who loves you. So you got to watch over this. Us, Us house of faith people, of which I am one, we have to watch sometimes over the confessions we make out of things, and this, I'll give you an example, and this sounds like a good confession. I'm more than a conqueror. 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 But what did we just read in this last session about what Jesus said? Sometimes you think you're heard for your much speaking, your many words. And faith people have to be watchful over that because, you know, I'm not healed, but you know what? I haven't said it a thousand times yet, and I know as soon as I hit a thousand, Really? That's what it's going to tell. What, what scripture is that, by the way? See, we have to be watchful over these confessions. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Don't unplug it. It's like I tell my kids, put that back where you got it. Go put that verse back where you found it. And when you do, you find out that you are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Baby, don't leave that out. That's where all the power is right there. You are not more than a conqueror in yourself. However, you are one. You are victorious through him who loves you. This is just connecting 
some of these principles of faith that we've learned, but connecting the principle back to the person. Are you with me on that? Does that make sense to you? We've got to connect these principles back to the person of the Lord Jesus because when you take the principle out of the person, you've lost all the power and it doesn't work. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter piped up, right? What did he say? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, yeah, and you are blessed. There's a blessing attached to that. And where did that come from? You're blessed Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In other words, you got revelation from the revealer. Nobody else gave this to you. The definition of the word tradition is just simply something given to someone by someone else. And we can make tradition out of things. We just make tradition out of some of these things. And when it's Tradition and not revelation, there's no power in it. Let's, let's get to the word here. Go with me to the book of Mark. I want to show you just a few different people who got caught up in this conversation between grace and faith. And we're going to look in the ministry of Jesus, but every time we see Jesus, we're going to say out loud grace. And I want you to begin, I know you're not beginning, I know this is strong in you, but continue to just make that connection that as Jesus is speaking, grace is speaking. Okay, Mark chapter three, we'll we'll kind of bounce around here some in in verse one. And he, talking about Jesus, entered the synagogue. So grace has come in again. And a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse grace. Verse three, grace said, everybody say it, grace said. So, What's happening? A conversation is being initiated. Grace said to the man with the withered hand, step forward, step forward. Man, sometimes grace will call you out of the crowd, won't it? Take a step forward. And if you know, you know if you're going to step in response to grace, it's going to be a step of faith. Step forward. And grace said to them, so he's looking at all the people who are there to accuse him. He said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Notice this verse four. Is it up here? Do you see it? What does it say? They held their peace. In the New King James, you know what it says? They kept silent. Now watch verse five. When he had looked around at them with anger. Man, you don't read that from Jesus too much, do you? Looked around at them at anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. Why was Jesus so mad? He asked them a question. Is it lawful, he said, to do good or to do evil, to save or to kill? He asked them a question. And what did they do? They kept silent. What does that mean? No response. And it angered him. You got to go back sometimes and look in the New Testament at what makes God mad because he still does get angry. It's not at the same stuff he used to, but he still does get angry. And the thing that makes him angry, and this is the word the Bible used, is when he has spoken and provided and set a table and people refuse to respond to it. 
and they won't come sit down. My wife, Sarah, said it best. She said, grace sets the table. Faith eats. Grace sets the table. Faith eats. Jesus told that parable about a man who prepared a big feast and all the people he had invited. You remember what happened? One excuse right after the other. I just bought some land. I can't come. One guy said, I just bought some oxen and I can't come. Another guy said, I just got married and I can't come. And it said it made him angry. Makes him angry when you and I stand this far from the table looking at everything Grace has put there going, wow, that looks good. Wow, look at that. Look how good that salvation looks. Look how good that healing looks. Look how good that joy and that peace looks. Oh man, wish I could have some of that. Wish I could have some of that. Wish I could have some of that. And he's going, uh, would you come sit down? I've got a seat here. Come, come take a seat. Faith is a rest. Come sit down and rest. No, 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 no. This stuff makes him mad when you won't respond to it. They didn't respond and it says it made Jesus angry and he was grieved at the hardness of their heart. You've probably experienced this before, but there's, there's no greater form of dishonor than to look someone in the eye who has just spoken to you and to treat them as though their words were not worthy of falling on your ears. And you just look at them in, in a dead stare with no response. There's no honor. That's what they're doing with Jesus. That's what they're doing with grace. But I'm glad the uh, man he spoke to didn't keep silent. I'm glad he responded. He said, stretch out your hand. What if that man had kept silent? There'd have been no power. But he stretched it out and his hand was as whole as the other. That man, in a moment of time, got his whole life changed in the conversation between grace and faith. Amen. Grace said, step forward. He stepped. Grace said, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out. Grace is saying the same thing to you and I this morning. They said to this man that day, there's a step of faith. Step out, come out from among them and be separate. Take that step. See, that man was in that crowd of people there to accuse the grace. And Jesus said, no, I got to get you out of this crowd. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Step out of that crowd. Get over here onto my turf. Get over here onto my land where I'm standing. Now, let me tell you something to do. Let me give you this and you respond to it. Stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out. He responded to it. Back up to chapter two. Just look at verse one. It says, and again, he, Jesus, grace, entered Capernaum after some days and it was heard. It was heard. Somebody heard something. They heard grace was there. So grace is beginning a conversation in this town. Immediately, many, many, many gathered to him. There was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. And they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their, shout it out loud, faith. faith. Jesus saw their faith. 
He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit. They had reasoned thus within themselves. And he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. He, Jesus, grace said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose. He took up his bed and he went home. This man got his whole life changed in this conversation between grace and faith right here. But I want you to notice everything that was going on. The conversation started when Jesus came to town and it was heard. How does faith come? How does faith come? By hearing. By hearing. hearing. And the Amplified translation of that scripture says, faith comes by hearing. Hearing the anointed word from the lips of the Christ, the Messiah himself. So it's not just about hearing a word. It's about hearing the anointed word. That's a big book you got in your lap. So where do you go for the situation you're in? You need not just a word, you need the anointed word for the situation you are in. And Jesus himself, the anointed one, along with his anointing, came to town that day and somebody heard it. Somebody heard it. Now, if you allow me, I kind of like to read into this a little bit. Maybe some backstory here. Here's a guy, perhaps he's been a paralytic for a long time. I don't know if it was from birth or an accident occurred and he was disabled and he's now living in this house and he's got these four friends that love him and they want to help him and they're in this house with him. But you know what? They have, they've been with him in the middle of this for a long time now and as much as they love him, it's starting to get a little old you ever been around somebody who got comfortable in their disability? There's some people that don't want to be healed. They like what other people do for them way too much. And they would rather that be coddled than be healed. You got to be watchful over getting comfortable in whatever the devil's put against you. And you know, I don't know, maybe this guy is kind of, he calls on these guys all, hey, can you, can you, can you make me a sandwich, please? I would, but you know, I'm paralyzed. (laughs) Sure, man, no problem. I'd be happy to do that. Thank you so much. They bring it in. Oh, this has mayonnaise. (sighs) Really wanted mustard. I'd go get it, but I can't because you remember I'm paralyzed, right? Yeah, no, no problem, man. Let me, I'm sorry. I should have known. Thanks so much. When you get back, would you mind rubbing my shoulders back here? I've just been sore. And they just, you know, I'm reading into this. I know I'm taking some liberties here, but you ever known anybody like this? You ever been anybody like this? (laughs) And when people started talking and said, Jesus has come to town, those four guys got together. In the kitchen. They said, hey, how's it work today? I heard Jesus is here. Jesus, the one they've been talking about, the one that just keeps healing everybody. He's he's teaching and he's preaching. He's healing everywhere he goes. And I was just thinking, you know, I love him. I I love him, but would you guys be interested in maybe going to fight? Yes, let's go right now. (laughs) 
Let's go. Let's go find Jesus. We'll go find him and, and he'll get healed today and it'll be wonderful. And they run into the living room and they write, they pick this guy up by his mat. He's like, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? But man, you are, you are getting healed today, brother. This is your day. Something good is going to happen to you today. It's your day for a miracle. And I don't want a miracle. You are getting a miracle today. They start hauling this guy through the streets. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? We heard he was here. Where is he? And somebody says, he's down at that house, down at the end of the street. Go down there, hang a left, then another right, and he'll be at the house, a huge crowd. What have they heard? Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And faith is coming. Faith is coming. And it's beginning to boil. It's beginning to rise. And they get to that house, and there's nowhere to park. (laughs) There are so many people there, you can't get in. You can't even get around the door. Now, a lot of folks would have turned around and went home. We can't come to this church anymore. We can't even find a decent parking place here. (laughs) Got to get my shoes all dirty. I got to find a new church. Careful. But they get there and the guy's like, oh, too bad. There's so many people we can't get in. Maybe we'll go next time. And the four were like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Not, no, no. And they start looking around. And one of them turns around and looks. He sees this set of stairs going up to the top of the house. He looks at the other dudes. He's like, you guys thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so two of them run up the stairs and the other two have the guy by the arms and they're just dragging his paralyzed self up these stairs and they start digging a hole in this roof. Where were they going? What were they doing? They were trying to get to Jesus. Man, listen to me. That's what faith will do every time. Faith will get you to Jesus. Faith will not stop. Faith will not rest until you've had an encounter with Jesus at the feet of Jesus. I wish we had time to go through the life and ministry of Jesus. And you find every person that found themselves at his feet, every one of them left with what they came for at the feet of Jesus. That's where faith will bring you every time. How do I know they were in faith? Because while Jesus is talking, the the dust and the rock and the clay from the roof begins to fall down and he looks up and it interrupts this whole thing. And it says, Jesus didn't perceive their faith, didn't come to somehow know by a word of knowledge they had faith. Bible says Jesus saw their faith. He saw it. How did he see it? Because it just dug a hole in the roof. (laughs) The scripture told us that they let him down. I think perhaps, maybe, I'm not sure about this, don't quote me, but if you study that out, it means dropped him. I'm not sure. (laughs) I couldn't be wrong, don't quote me. But they dropped that paralytic guy down there and they're like, you walking home today, son? Jesus saw their faith and grace spoke. Grace spoke. Said, son, your sins are forgiven. Man, he just dealt with it right in the face. No more condemnation. 
There are people living in condemnation over the sickness in their body, thinking they deserve it, thinking it was their own mistakes that put, put all this on them. And Jesus is saying the same thing to you that he said to that man that day, your sins are forgiven. Grace said it. Grace said, pick up your bed and walk. And faith did what? Responded. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 